Recently, the Winston-Salem Symphony announced Michelle Merrill as their new music director. Merrill will be the symphony's first female music director and the only woman to lead a professional orchestra in the Carolinas. She served four years with the Detroit Symphony Orchestra as assistant and then associate conductor under Leonard Slatkin, and she's currently music director of the Coastal Symphony of Georgia, and she's taking a few minutes out of her day to chat with us so that we can get to know her. So thank you, Michelle. Thank you for having me. As you come into this new position, which actually you you can clarify for me, does it start right away or is it? Yes, I've actually already started. I was there after the week that we announced last week, was doing some work in the office, already getting some meetings set up, finishing out, kind of fleshing out the rest of the season because it had only had kind of some big pieces, but uh, didn't have the full concert. So we were kind of finishing that up and and getting that set to, to release to the public. So you're busy already. Yes. <laughs> what are some of the priorities then that you see that, that you need to um, to have as you come in? Sure. Well, and, and, and kind of programming is definitely one of them, getting the season shirt up, but also programming, I would say, outside of even the concert hall, thinking about how we're making our presence in the community known, meeting people where they are, people that might think that they don't like classical music. We have our Symphony Unbound series that we kind of need to flesh out for the rest of the season as well. And those are the really uh, exciting ones. There was one recently before I was named music director in the coal pit in Winston-Salem that I know was hugely popular and attended by, I think, even a thousand they were telling me and just a really nice way to hear some music by classical instruments but maybe not classically um songs that would be coming out i think they play coldplay some led zeppelin some metallica so kind of giving a, a new twist to to that kind of music but also kind of looking at uh, what we can do not only for student education, but adult education and getting out in with our play music program. I went and visited during my guest week there. I'd love to go back and visit those same classrooms and talk about ways that maybe they can be even coming to some of the concerts with their parents and also with the universities, trying to connect, create more connections. I know I'm meeting with some people from UNCSA and, um, and all around the community, actually, just to get kind of more of these community partnerships started. Yeah, you have some great opportunities with universities in the Winston-Salem area. So many. (laughs) So a couple of things you said, a a question about uh, that gave me a question. One is, um, so what are your thoughts on on, uh, making classical music interesting to people who don't think they like it? Well, I think people think they don't like it, but they actually don't realize how much they might hear it on a daily basis, especially if they're watching TV or movies or even listening to podcasts. We'll sometimes have it in the background, but I've I've been using just because it's a show that just finished and I was very hugely excited about Succession, had classical music all over the place. I mean, very, very much influenced by music of Beethoven, Mozart, even had some Beethoven themes in there from the funeral music. In movies, we hear classical themes all over the place, even in something like Star Wars, which is an older franchise, and of course the John Williams classic uh, in that score. It's taking echoes from the piece, actually, that one of the pieces we did on the concert when I was a guest conducting and, and vying for the music director position, Pulse the Planets. And actually all of the different 
planets and the whole suite could be seen as being Star Wars esque. You know, uh, Han Solo is the is the you know the jokester a little bit, the magician. Uh, Yoda is the you know the mystic. All of these different things have relations to pop culture, and I think once people can break down that barrier of being like, oh, did you hear how the theme went from the flute to the clarinets? That doesn't resonate with people in layman's terms. That's for the person that knows a little bit of music, um, maybe is played in band, but I'm wanting to make sure that we get out and then the whole organization is wanting to get out to people that may have no relation to music in terms of that kind of language whatsoever, but just know what they like when they hear it. And I think it's so important to not talk in language that is for the aficionado, but talk in language that invites everyone on board. So helping them connect those dots for people. Oh, for sure. You know, everyone can connect with a story. You know, maybe they don't hear the the modulation from A minor to E minor or something like that, but they can hear like, oh, it goes from this rapturous moment into almost a cold feeling of isolation. People can connect with that. And that's all over music as well. So in your past experience, have you uh, been a part of any programs or, or done any of this kind of education work with folks? sort of in these layman terms or, you know, try to sure. meet when I where was, they are? When I was the assistant and then associate conductor with the Detroit Symphony Orchestra, their whole community-focused mindset was huge. And, and when I got in as the assistant, uh, one of the things that was kind of high on the priority list as part of my duties were just doing the educational webcast. So I started helping in making the scripts, talking in ways that, of course, kids who don't know anything because they're children are going to get excited about the music and and find different ways that, you know, that we can make that connection. And you mentioned that the Winston-Salem Symphony already has some sort of classroom uh, program, right? Yes, so they have the Play Music Program, which is uh, in, I believe, three schools at the moment, but looking to expand. And this is providing music lessons for students after school, uh, taught by some really fantastic, at least the teachers I saw were really fantastic and engaging. If you can imagine trying to handle, you know, first graders, second graders in a group of 10 while holding violins or as they get older, maybe some cellos and just being able to manage that, but still have them make music and be really excited about making music. It's really something to behold. So this is a program that you do hope will be expanded. And it it's a symphony oh, yes, program. and continue. It's it's a wonderful program, and uh, we're looking, you know, for different ways to get funding for this and grants for this to help almost expand it because it would be great to be available in in all schools. Can you give us a little bit of insight into you and your background in music, how you came to music and conducting? Sure. I grew up in a very small town in East Texas on about five acres of land called Canton. And uh, my parents weren't musical. You know, we'd go to church and sing and things like that. And I would sing in the in the children's choir. But it was actually I was trick or treating uh, one Halloween when I was about seven or eight when a lady was handing out her fun size candy bars with her business card on them for piano lessons. And so I got home and dumped out all the candy and found that and, you know, had enjoyed listening to the piano and said, oh, I I think I'd like to do this. And my parents said yes and got me a little Casio keyboard and eventually an old upright. I was on the ground running from that moment forward. I never had to be told to practice. My friends almost had to beg me to not practice. So I would go and play with them. It kind of opened up this world of different 
opportunities and different things and different styles that was really exciting to me. And then the band program in my hometown was actually really spectacular. I had a wonderful director, Rob Toops, that um, was just full of music. He was a percussionist, but he still taught me private lessons. My instrument was actually saxophone. And once I got to college, I knew I was going to be a music major. It was what I wanted to do and was getting a degree in music education and performance and then uh, met my husband there. Actually, he's a percussionist and we moved to Boston after we got married. He got his degree while I was teaching in the schools. And that's when I started to really turn towards wanting to do orchestral conducting. I had started having to teach strings and was taking private lessons on violin and cello just being able to work and kind of learn the mechanics of those instruments made me more interested in their orchestral sides of things. My husband went to Tanglewood one summer. I would go out and kind of visit and would watch the conducting seminar classes, would watch, of course, the Boston Symphony Orchestra play, would watch the Tanglewood uh, Orchestra play, and just really knew, I think that's where I want to go. And so I contacted my old professor back at SMU in Dallas, where I'd done my undergraduate degree, and wanted to start taking lessons. And so we moved back to Texas. I was still teaching in the public schools and was starting to get a master's in music education with the side of conducting at first because he didn't have any room in the studio. And then his studio opened up and I got the dual degree in education and conducting. And kind of the rest was history from there because right after I graduated, a position opened up for an apprentice conductor with the Northeastern Pennsylvania Philharmonic. And that was with uh, music director Larry Lowe at the time. And he actually was the one that wrote Leonard Slatkin when the the assistantship became open in Detroit and said, hey, my assistant conductor is really great. You should consider her for the audition. Went to that audition with eight others and won that position. And then from there, was there for four years, won a position down with the Coastal Symphony of Georgia, where I am concurrently now going to be with Winston-Salem. So lots of guest conducting and kind of going all over the country and internationally as well. But it's been it's been a wild ride. Yeah, it sounds like it. And I, I love the fact that you've got a, a background as a public school teacher as well. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's it's so huge. I always tell my friends, because I have so many friends in that world, that they're doing some of the most important work because capturing the imaginations, especially of middle schoolers or sometimes even younger in the elementary classrooms is really where the children and the students don't have any preconceived notions. And if they have a great teacher that leads them into the world of music, it can really open up a world of possibilities for them. Can you just talk a little bit about what um, what it's like? Uh, you've given your story about breaking into conducting, but do you feel like there are more or fewer opportunities for conductors, younger conductors these days? Is it about the oh. same? You know, that's an interesting question. I do think that there are more people going into study conducting. And that's because there have been some great opportunity. I know when I was coming up through the ranks, when I was in school, there was the Conductors Guild, which did a ton of workshops. And I believe they're starting to do that again. And they made them very affordable at the time. And then there's lots of people that provide workshops, say in the summer months where you can go overseas and work with a live actual orchestra. But it is, it's a, it's a strange field because no person has really the same story of how their path has gone. It's very different from say instrumentalists who 
you know, work on their craft for years and years and years, which is the same as conductors, but then they'll see a job opportunity, say in the musician magazine or see it posted online somewhere. They go to the audition, they take the audition, they either win or they lose. Conducting is like that, but it's also because we can't have blind auditions, because it's all about kind of us communicating with the orchestra and just meeting face to face with people. There's so much other elements that go in with that. And it's a little bit about kind of knowing people and and getting a good reputation that way and then telling other people that you did good work and going from there and there. So it's it's all very complex, but but I've been so happy and thankful for for my path and the way that I've been able to work with many different orchestras. What do you do when you're not leading an orchestra? Well, I have two young children. And so it's really just spending time with my family, um, cooking. We'll have little dance parties every now and then, not necessarily to classical music, but to all sorts of genres, which is what I try to tell young musicians actually too, is it's great and study your classical music all as much as you can, but don't forget about all the other music that's out there because it's influence and even in Beethoven's time, popular music would have influenced him. It was just different types of popular music back then. So it's really important for me, for my boys to get a wide range of, of music as well. When is your first performance with the- uh, So it is September 23rd and 24th is the opening night concert. And it's going to be really fun because we're going to kind of mix we don't know if we can tell too much yet, but I know it's been slightly leaked that we're going to do some Bernstein on this first concert as well. So Brahms and Bernstein. And that's kind of timed well with, um, if you know what's going on in cinema right now, uh, this movie Maestro is about to come out about Leonard Bernstein and by Bradley Cooper, who's going to be acting not only as Leonard Bernstein, but also directing the film, his second directorial debut since um, A Star is Born that he did with Lady Gaga. So that should be a pretty fun program. Yeah, definitely. Michelle Merrill, I want to thank you so much for your time and congratulations again on being appointed the music director at the Winston-Salem Symphony. And that sounds like you've hit the ground running and we'll look forward to uh, this first season with you and, and what comes after that. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much, Rachel. I know that the season announcement will be happening very soon. So keep your eyes and ears out. It's going to be a really fun year. Awesome. Thank you so much. For Piedmont Arts, I'm Rachel Stewart.